Lord, we thank you. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for, for your sacrifice on the cross. Not only for dying for us, but three days later you rose again. Because the cross would be useless if you didn't rise again. And that is why we celebrate today. We value the cross. We value the sacrifice. For without it, we would not be redeemed. We would not be saved. But we celebrate the resurrection. Because it is in the resurrection that we have new life. New life. A brand new life in Christ. And this is the life that you came to give. A life of abundance. A life of your glory, of your presence. And we just thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated once again. Return to life. That is the theme for our Easter. Return to life. Now, there are two, two ways you can go about this. Return to life can be number one. Talking about another word for resurrection. To come back to life, to return to life. Jesus showed us over 2,000 years ago that because of the power of the Holy Spirit of God and the will of God that He returned to life, that He resurrected. Amen? So return to life could mean what Jesus had done. It could also mean, you know, after two years of being under lockdown, being under COVID restrictions, it could also mean that it's about time that we get back to life. How many of you are tired of how things have been the past two years? Anybody here can, can relate to me? Can you give me a wave? All right. You know, my son will not agree because he kind of likes studying from home. You know, because he wakes up straight to school. And if he's kind of sleepy, he'll turn off the camera. And then he'll sleep until the teacher calls his attention. Judah, you did not tell teacher to close the camera. I'm here. You know, some people may not. This is the straightest I can be. I'm sorry. You know, some people may not, may not, you know, agree with that. But, you know, how many of you know that God did not call us to live in isolation? Come on, did you hear me? God did not call us to live in isolation. God did not call us to live separated from everybody else. God called us to community. Amen. And so I believe that it's about time we return to that community, that we are not afraid. But while there are still restrictions, please make sure you do not remove your mask. Amen. Amen. Especially when you cough, do not cough at your neighbor, especially kung di mo nakilala. Amen. All right. So, you know, there are certain things we need to do, but I believe it, we're coming back to it. Amen. We're coming back. But we're not going to return to how things were even two years ago. Because I believe we are the church. Are you the church? And the church are not just a, not, is, is not just a place that you go to on a Sunday or on Easter and, or Christmas. The church are the people. You and I, we are the church. And the church uh, is called to experience the goodness and the glory of God here in the land of the living while we are still here on earth. Amen? So we're not going to go back to how things used to be. We're going to something better. We're going to return to a life that is better. Can anybody agree with that? Can anybody expect that? Because, thank you, Judah. You know, how many of you know that God meets us at the level of our faith if our faith is inclined to His will? 
Let me repeat that. Because many people say, as long as you have faith, God will answer your prayer. No. Can we make that very clear? God is not going to answer your prayer just because you have faith. See, your faith needs to be first in Him. How many of you know that we can have faith in ourselves? We can have faith in society. We can have faith in structure, which is sometimes good. It's good to have faith in in, in government or in culture or in the nation. It's good to have faith in people. But the faith that God's talking about is having faith in Him. Amen? And faith in Him is the beginning, but not only faith in Him, but faith in His Word. See, when our faith is placed in the right place, it will produce fruit. But faith placed in the wrong place, God is not obliged to answer based on faith. God is obliged to answer based on His will. And if we have faith according to His will, then we have confidence that He hears us. And if we have confidence that He hears us, we are confident that He hears us, then we know we have the prayer in which we ask. Amen? So I know God's plans for us are good. And I know it's, it gets better and better. This is the best year of your life so far. And guess what? It's still going to get better. Amen? Return to life. Return to life. It's about time. It's about time we return to life. It's about time. I want to go back to the verse that we shared. Now, first and foremost, before I continue, I want to thank all of those who testified. Thank you so much. Those are not fabricated testimonies. Those are real stories from real people. And they have signed the waiver naman to share their stories. They were, we're not scaring them by, by showing their stories. They understood. We want to thank those who shared their stories and everybody who was involved in making that video happen and making today happen. Amen? So to all the volunteers and everybody who worked behind the scenes, come on, let's give them a hand for making all of this possible. God is good. And He, he always... Make sure that His will comes to pass. And He brings people together to make that happen because the vision of God is bigger than just one person. If, if God's vision is li limited to one person, that's not vision, that's ambition. But God doesn't call us to be ambitious because Caesar was ambitious. <laughs> Never mind. To those who got that. Uh, but you know, God didn't call us just to have ambition, but He called us to vision. His vision. Amen? Going back to the verse... Romans 6, chapter 6 to 8 from the message, it says, Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin-miserable life. No longer captive to sin's demand. What we believe is this. Again, it's very important what we believe in. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, then we also get included in His life-saving resurrection. Today, we celebrate resurrection, Jesus' resurrection. But could we say we also celebrate our personal resurrection? Pastor, what do you mean, our personal? Hindi naman ako namatay. But how many, what I'd like to say today is I beg to differ with that opinion. What do you mean, Pastor? Namatay na ako? Bakit pa ako nandito? Why am I here if I'm already dead? Maybe some of us, we've already experienced that. And just we're just not aware. And so it's my, it's my purpose today 
for these two things. Number one, if this already happened in your life, that you've experienced this death, but yet you, you don't, you're not aware, my purpose is to make it clear to you about this truth. And secondly, maybe you have not experienced it. And so today I, I'm praying that you would experience it. What do you mean, Pastor? You're going to pray that people are going to die today? Let me share the Word of God. And then you just come up with your own personal conclusion afterwards. Amen? Hebrews chapter 12. Ah, sorry. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. Again, I'll read from the message. It says this. It wasn't so long ago that I will include myself because this is my story too. Maybe some of you can relate to this story. It wasn't so long ago that we were mired in that old stagnant life of sin. Can anybody relate? Is it just the people that you know were in the video? Can anybody relate that you used to have a way that you lived your life? We... Let the world, which doesn't know a first thing about living, tell us how to live. We filled our lungs with polluted unbelief, and then we exhaled disobedience. We, did, we all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing. When we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. So you can say, oh, that's not me. All of us. In the same boat. What do you mean, Pastor? We're going to go back to that, but I just want to share this. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we're all included in this. We've all experienced that life. Could we go back to that verse again? Thank you so much, lady. We were all in the same boat. It's a wonder how God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us. Instead, this is the God that we serve. Immense in mercy and with an incredible love, God embraced us. When did God embrace us? I'm going back to the story of what Jesus was talking when he shared about the prodigal son. And this is how I see it. The prodigal son was just living his life in the trash. He was actually living his life in the pig pen. He wasted his life away. How many of you feel that there, there are years in our life that we wasted? And if we could, we would go back and try to get that back. Amen? Anybody else but me? And I'm the one preaching here. I'm the only one who can relate to that. He wasted his life away. Then he remembered, in my father's house, in my father's house, even the servants are treated so well. So he decided to go home, prepare the speech. And while he was still far away, the father saw his son coming home. And as his son was walking, the father did not wait. You know, we could imagine the father being like, oh, it's okay. Oh. There, see? Now, what? Hmm? I told you. I told you so, but you did. Now look at. You know, he could, you could have done that or say, no, no, no. You got to prove it to me, child. Child, you got to prove it to me. 
You got to make it right. You took my money and you left. No, that wasn't the father. It said while he was still far away, the father ran. And how many of you know in those days, men don't run. It is a disgrace if a man would run because they had no pants. Thank God for pants today. So for a man to run, he would have to lift up and he had to expose himself and then run. Lift up his robes and then run. And a man of stature like that father who had such a great wealth, it's not seen for them to do that. But yet, he did it so the focus would not be on the son, but the focus would be on him. And when he saw his son, even before his son said anything, he embraced his son. When did God embrace us? When we returned home to the Father. Amen? And if you're saying, I've never had that opportunity, I pray that today, this day, you will have that opportunity to come back and experience a true embrace. Or maybe you're here today and you felt that you've walked away from God. But let me tell you, you belong to Him and He's never walked away from you. Or maybe you're here today and you've thought, wow, if, if God knows what I did, will God still accept me with all my failures, with all my shortcomings, with the mess that I am? Absolutely yes. We can come to God just as we are. Why? Because God loves us. But here's the great news. Because He loves us, He won't leave us the same. Did you hear me? He won't leave us the same. Let's go back to Ephesians. Let's go back to that verse. It said he embraced us. Next verse goes on to say, He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. We did all this, uh, sorry, he did all this on his own. With no help from us, then he picked us up and he set us down in highest heaven with company with Jesus, our Messiah. Now God has us where He wants us. With all the time in the world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ. You see, saving is all His idea and all His work. All we do is trust Him enough to let Him do it. Amen? It says here that God loved us so great, so immensely. He embraced us even when we were still in the pit. Even when the sun was still dirty, was still stinky, was still messy. When He still had absolutely nothing, God embraced us. You see, the, he, the sun could have paid. The sun said to His Father, you know what? I took the money. I've lost it all. I'm not worthy to be called your son. I'm just going to be a slave. He could have paid for that. He could have lost his identity as a son. You know, Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. Meaning, there is a price to be paid with sin. But the gift of God. How many of you know the gift is better than the wage? 
Because the wage, you have to earn it. You got to sweat it. A gift, you do nothing but receive. But you have to receive. You know, today I was in my office and there were two gifts there. And I told my wife, oh, who's this? Christmas pa to? Yeah, I wasn't able to give it. Its gift was paid for, the gift was wrapped, and the gift had the name on it. And uh, I will not say the name, don't worry. The gift had the name on it. But the person cannot enjoy the gift until they receive it. See, Jesus already paid for our salvation. But we have to receive it for us to enjoy it. Amen? Jesus Christ paid the price. He bought salvation for you and me. How? 1 Peter 2.24 says, For He Himself bore our sins in His own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. Now, we're going to talk about that cross. Anybody see the cross when we entered today? Anybody here notice it? Some of you like cross, cross, I don't cross. Well, we had a makeshift industrial design cross. Now, in the church today, when you see a cross, you would think, oh, it's a symbol of, of our faith. It's a symbol of, our, you know, of, of what Jesus did. But how many of you know in the time of Jesus, when you see a cross, it's not something you run to. It's something you run away from. Because the cross is an instrument of execution. It is the worst type of death. The people who died on the cross was made to suffer more. They could have been killed in different ways, but to die on the cross was to make sure whoever died really paid for their sins. They really, because the way that they would die is they would suffocate. It's not the nails that would kill them, it's that they would suffocate on that cross. They will have no more breath. They were meant to be excruciating. It was meant to be excruciatingly painful. Even if, if, if the disciples would be transported to this time today, and they would come to church, and they would see the cross, they would be thinking, who's going to die today? Because when you see a cross, somebody is going to die. Because there's somebody guilty. For all have sinned. We would all be nervous if that was, if we, oh, if we truly understood the verse, we all sinned. Oh, we're all guilty. Oh. The wages of sin is the cross. But, how many of you know that, I'm not going to say it here, but how many of you know God's but can change everything? Amen? How many of you know that God's but can change everything? Yes, the wages of sin is death. Yes, we all sin. Yes, we deserve the cross. But for God so loved the world that He gave His Son. Whoever, whoever, whoever. Do we include in the whoever? Are we included in the whoever? Whoever believes in Him and what He's done shall not perish, 
but have eternal life. But in a way, brothers and sisters, as we read here today, as Christ died, so do we. What do you mean? In Isaiah, it says, Isaiah 1.8, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are as red as crimson, they shall be as wool. How? How is it possible that sin that is deep red can be turned white? It is only possible through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And as we read earlier, if we can identify with His death, how do you mean identify with His death? Galatians 2.20 says this. Are you still with me? It says this, My old identity, what's that old identity? Your sin, sin nature. We talked about that in Ephesians. Our sinful person that wanted to do their own thing, lived in the world, and did everything wrong. Our old identity has been co-crucified with the Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of His cross crucified me with Him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives His life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is now empowered by faith, by the faith of the Son of God, who loves me so much that He gave Himself for me and dispenses His life unto mine. What are they talking about? When did Jesus die on the cross? Wasn't it over 2,000 years ago? Yes. Yes. Come on. Wasn't it over 2,000 years ago? So how can I, who was not alive 2,000 years ago, be crucified with Him? How in the world would that happen? And this is the miracle of salvation. You see, the reason when God embraced us, and I want you to see this picture, we came to God in repentance. We came to God saying, Lord, I am not worthy to be even called your child. When we return to Him knowing that we need His help, that it's only in the Father's house that we can receive some sort of salvation, He embraced us. And guess what Jesus did when He embraced us? He took our old identity, that sinful nature, and He took that and He brought it with Him to the cross. What do you mean? That our old sinful nature, how did that happen? He's God. It is not a natural thing that you can understand, but it's a spiritual truth. And God is not limited by time. Remember this. Although what Jesus did in the natural over 2,000 years ago, what He did is now available for humanity Apart from time. Meaning, when anybody calls out, when anybody cries out to the Lord Jesus, 
The Bible says, For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Because of what He did over 2,000 years ago, everyone from the beginning of time to the end of time, because God is not limited in time, in the spiritual realm, that salvation, that dying on the cross was made available. And anybody who cries out to God, Jesus, save me. The Spirit of God comes and takes that old self, that old identity, that sinful nature. And He takes that sinful nature and as Jesus is nailed on the cross, so are you nailed on the cross. And what happens to you when you are nailed on the cross? What is the objective of the cross? To die. Can I tell you today that the day you received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you died? Your old sinful life, your old sinful... How is that possible? Again, it's not a physical, it's a spiritual thing. Because God, again, is outside of time. That was made possible. His death on the cross was made possible for everyone from every generation. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord, no matter what time frame, they shall be saved. And Jesus died on the cross. And when they died, pak, ganern, dead. But you see, God is so rich in mercy that He doesn't just leave us dead. He needs to replace that. And this is where we have what we call this divine exchange. That He takes our sinful life and He, be and he exchanges it with something better. What does God exchange our life with? 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 14 to 21. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. That's talking about Jesus. Verse 15. And if he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Verse 16. Therefore, from now on, listen, we don't regard anymore people according to the flesh. What does it mean? We don't regard people in the morning to how we think we see them. Why? Because the next verse explains it. Verse 17. There, because if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. What has come new? Verse 21. Let's jump to 21. For, Jesus, for the Father made Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. See, God did this divine exchange. He took our sin and He exchanged it with a new life. Amen? And that's what we were reading. If we can identify with His death, we don't stop there because it's kulang, kung patay lang, kukunin niya yung Dating natin pagkatao. Ano na matitira sa akin? No, there's a new life. And that new life is His life living in us. His life. Jesus' life living in us. God is restoring humanity to its original design. Created in the image and likeness of God. 
But why, where did it get messed up? Sin. Sin messed it up. Where did God fix it? Jesus. How many of you know we were at fault, yet He made the way to make things right? And because of Jesus today, you and I, are, our old person was killed. Died on the cross. That's why, brothers and sisters, listen to me very carefully. You're not who you used to be anymore. There, I will never change. I, you know, even if I gave my life to Jesus, it's still the same. No, 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 no. The very core of who you are has changed. Because the moment you called upon the name of the Lord, our old self was brought to the cross. And that person died. But God didn't leave us empty. He actually exchanged with so much better. He gave His life. He gave His righteousness. He gave His Holy Spirit to live inside you and me. And it is because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, we identify dying to our old self. But three days later, thank God we don't have to wait three days today, Jesus rose again to, the glory, to a glorious life. And that's the new life we receive in Him. So your identity is not based on who you are or who you used to be. Your identity today is based when you return to life, meaning your old person died, and now a new life comes to you. Your identity is no longer based on who you were, but who Christ is. Because the Bible says in John, I'm going to end with this. Bible says in John 1, 4 to 7, perfect love has, been perfe uh, love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness on the day of judgment. See, what happens, what is this day of ju judgment? It's the day that you will be judged for your sins. And everybody's thinking that this day of judgment would be a day one day, but let me tell you no. Your day of judgment, listen, brothers and sisters, your day of, the day of judgment is the day you call out to Jesus. What do you mean that your day of judgment is when you call out to Jesus? The time you call out to Jesus to save you, you are judged for your sins. And what is the judgment for your sin? You are guilty. And therefore, that person has to die. And what does Jesus do? He takes it. And he nails that person on the cross. But thanks be to God, we're not left empty or dead. Because it says here, on that day of judgment, we have boldness because as he is, so are we in this world. Meaning, then the day of judgment, when you give your life to God and your sins are judged, how many of you can I tell you, that he takes that sinful nature, nails it on the cross, but gives you a new nature. And that new nature is his nature in us. He did it all so that we don't need to do it ourselves. Why? Because we can't. We can't save ourselves. So church, I want to encourage you with this. Your identity is not based 
on who you were, on what you did. Your identity is not based on who you are or what you're doing. Your identity is based on who He is because of what He's done. We are the first, He is the firstborn among many brethren. As He is, so are we in this world. Thank you for listening to this week's Home is Live podcast. Connect with us through Kumu, Instagram, YouTube, or Facebook. Welcome home.